moments. I mean, it is my honor to bring to the pulpit tonight my friend, the evangelist, a wonderful man of God who preaches the word of God fervently and practices what he preaches. Amen. I love this man, and I know you do too. Why don't we give the Lord and Brother Harper a hand clap as he comes? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Come on, let's lift our voice. Come on, let's lift our voice. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our voice. Let's make some noise for the king tonight. God, you are worthy tonight. Come on, anybody know God's worthy? Come on, he's worthy. Won't you give a worthy God praise? God, you're worthy tonight. Lord, we worship you tonight, Jesus. Amen, amen. What a time we're having. Won't you, won't you do, do me a favor, lift your hands. Don't lift your voice. Just lift your hands right now. Amen. Come on, we need all hands up. Amen. We need 100% participation. Amen. I want you to pray. God, we love you. I don't want you to scream. I don't want you. I, don't, I just want you to pray. God, we love you. God, we need you to move. We need a visitation of the Holy Ghost right now, God, I pray. Lord, somebody needs delivered in this hour. God, somebody needs refreshing and renewed in this place tonight, God, I pray. Lord, move self out the way, God, that you'll be glorified here tonight, God, I pray. God, we need you right now. Come on, somebody pray. God, we need you right now, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. God, we need you to heal and deliver and set free tonight, God. We need you to make ways where there seem to be no ways tonight, God, I pray. And in Jesus' name we pray. Now, why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight, amen. We can take time to worship a God who took your sins and cast them as free. You can take time to worship a God, amen, who baptized you in the Holy Ghost tonight, amen. We are not silent people. We are a church that's been birthed in the fire tonight. And we worship him tonight, amen. Why don't you turn around and give your neighbor a high five? And don't hit him in the face. <laughs> Amen. Would you quickly turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1. Amen. Amen. God has a blessing with your name on it tonight. Amen. Amen. I come to get everything that God has for me tonight. Amen. Amen. I give honor to my bride who, uh, amen, who is in the house tonight. Amen. Appreciate my wife. And my other daughter, amen, appreciate them so much. Amen, it's glad to see Brother Lindsay, Sister Lindsay, my favorite singer in all of America. Brother Chris, she's good, buddy. Sister Abigail is in the house, amen. Oh, man, my, my favorite singer and my soon-to-be son-in-law, amen. Appreciate them so much for being in the house of the Lord and everyone else here. God bless you. I know it's Saturday. You all got church tomorrow. Amen. We're going to have a little church tonight. Would you, have, would you help me preach tonight? I promise I won't keep you long. I'll have you out of here before Walmart closes. Amen. First Samuel chapter 1, the Bible says, And there was a certain man, a Ramathaim Zophim of Mount Ephraim. His name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoiam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, the Hephrathite. And he had two wives. Somebody said, uh-oh. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Panada, and Panada had children. But 
had I had no children. This man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of the host of Shiloh and the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah the offered, he gave Peniah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But to Hannah, the Bible says he gave a worthy portion. For he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Verse 6 says, and her adversary also provoked her sore. For to make her freight because the Lord had shut up her womb. Verse 7 says, And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. I want to preach tonight with the help of the Lord on the subject. Amen. When your adversary provokes you. When your adversary provokes you. Would you lift your hands tonight one more time? And would you help me pray, Lord, we love you tonight, Jesus. We thank you, God, for what we feel tonight, Lord. I pray, God, that you would have your divine way in this house, Lord. We, God, we can't move. We can't preach. We can't have demonstration until your glory fills this house, God. I pray, God, that you would deliver somebody tonight. God, set somebody free from bondage tonight, God, I pray. Walk every hour, walk every pew, God, tonight, Lord, and do what only you can do in this hour, Jesus. And we promise, God, to give you praise and to give you glory. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Now would you turn around and shake somebody else's hand you haven't shook before and greet them and let them know Jesus loves them. Let them know Jesus and you love them too. And if you mean what you said, you can be seated. If not, you can remain standing so we can know who you are tonight. Amen. When your adversary provokes you. Amen. We understand tonight, amen, that we have an adversary. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, black or white, educated, non-educated. Amen. The moment you started serving God, you have an adversary. As a matter of fact, John tells us best when he said, For the thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He has one purpose, and one purpose only is to steal, to kill, and to destroy tonight. I, I just feel this in the Holy Ghost tonight, that there are people tonight on the sound of my voice, amen, that the devil has backed you up in a corner. Amen. You can't pray like you used to pray because it seems like you're back in a corner, and it seems as though you're on the verge of giving up, but the fact that you're here tonight uh, lets the adversary know that he should have took you out uh, a long time ago. Amen. The fact that you're here this morning, uh, that all the hell that some of you had to go to just to get to the house of the Lord uh, lets the devil know you did not win this time. I'm still alive. I still got a heartbeat. I still possess the promises and no matter what I have to go to to receive my promise I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to close my mouth because I realize that when the odds are not in my favor, that God is on my side tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Amen.
And see, we know tonight when we read the scripture, we find that this man had two wives, amen. But the Bible says, amen, this faithful man, when it came time to give portions, he gave portion to Hannah and he also gave portion to Paniah. The difference was, amen, Hannah could not bear children because, amen, her womb, amen, was closed up. Every single year, the Bible tells us, amen, that Paniah would provoke her. She would make fun of her. Amen. She would chastise her to the fact that the, the disappointment was set in. But I want you to hear this preacher tonight that there are people in the sound of my voice that all hell broke in your life, but you kept on praying. You didn't know how the story is going to end, but you just kept coming. When your back was against the wall and you didn't know how to respond, you still kept coming because you recognize what the enemy was doing. He was pushing you closer to your miracle. He was pushing you closer. I'm preaching to somebody in this pew that you need to recognize that you're under attack tonight. The devil knows exactly what he's doing. Amen. Hear me tonight. If the devil can tempt Jesus, what makes that we are exempt from being tempted by the tempter? The Bible says he takes the spirit of the Lord, takes Jesus out into the wilderness. Here shows up Satan to try to get Jesus to bow down and to worship him. I'll give you all the play, everything that you see. If you don't understand some Jesus had just returned from a fast. Satan always seems to show up when you're at your weakest moment. Jesus, his body is fatigued, but he still stands his ground. Every time the enemy attacks him, pushes him in a corner, he said, the man shall not live by bread alone, but I every word that proceeded, I'm preaching to somebody that when your back is against the wall, get yourself a word from God that says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. When your back is against the wall, get a hold of a word. That says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. When your back is up against the wall, get yourself a word from God. The problem that we make tonight is that when we're pushed in the corner, we fail to realize what the enemy's doing. And too many people, instead of fighting, amen, we throw in the towel, we surrender. We stop praying. We stop fasting. We stop believing because our back is against the wall. But the Bible says even though her womb was barren, she kept praying. She kept believing. Even though she was provoked. Ah, let me just get in somebody's mess right now. And if you realize that the enemy is provoking you tonight. The reason why you got heaviness on your shoulder is because hell is provoking you to give up. Don't pray. Don't worship. And we listen to what hell's doing because now we can't worship because we're being provoked. One thing leads to another thing and we're no longer serving God because now he's pushed us out of the church. He's pushed us away from the body. Understand something. He's con- 
concerned when we come together, but he likes it when you disassemble yourself from the body. The Bible says how good it is that brethren dwell together. He loves when you disassemble yourself from the body because he's more concerned. He's not concerned when you're when you're with a group of people, but when you're by yourself, when he does his best work. Because when you're being tempted, it's difficult to pray. When you're being tried, you can't feel God like you used to feel God. It's difficult to worship God and you can't lift your hands because you're being provoked and you're being pushed in a corner and the devil says throw in the towel and you might as well give up. Spiritual fatigue. There's the barrenness. There's the dryness. Oh, there's a spiritual drought. You're all alone in the desert. You can't sing the songs of Zion any longer. As a matter of fact, you're complaining. Oh, woe is me. You're complaining because you're being pushed and you're being provoked. But the good news tonight is this. I didn't come to preach a doom gloom message. I didn't come to pump and prime you tonight. But I've come to remind somebody tonight that you got to serve notice to your adversary. You've got to serve notice to your adversary. He's pushed you too long. He's tried you too long. He's tempted you too long. But tonight you're coming out of that closet. You're getting out of that cave. You're coming from that tree. Tonight is your night of deliverance. Tonight God's about to turn the tables around. Tonight you're going to worship again. Tonight you're going to pray on preaching to somebody realize that you're being provoked it's not over. You're still going to live. You're still going to survive. Tell you what God does. That same enemy that provokes you. David said it best when he said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You telling me the same enemy that provoked you the same people that gave up on you, the naysayers that talked about you, the people that ran you down, amen, the devil that tried your faith. God said, yes, I'm going to take a table and we're going to put it right in the face of the adversary. And that same devil that provoked you, he has no choice but to sit there and watch you get your joy again. He has no choice but to sit there and watch some of you shout again. He has no choice but to sit there and watch some of you praise again. He's got no other choice but to sit there and watch some of you. I wish I had somebody who said, Preacher, I want to get to the table. I want to get to where God is. I'm preaching this. Come get your chair. Come get your chair. Get to the table. He said, Thou prepares the table for me. In the presence of Miami's brother Allen. So in other words, God said, I'm going to prepare the table. But you got to come get the chair that's at the table. You can't sit in that valley. You can't stay in that pit. You've been tempted too long. And what the adversary's done, he's pushed you into the direction of the table. But the question is, what are you going to do with the chair that sits at the table? 
Some people have been provoked too long that we don't even think God loves us. You've been provoked too long that you, that you don't even think deliverance can ever come to your house. You've been tried too long. It's difficult to praise God because you find yourself surrounded by the enemy who's provoking you tonight. Pushing you down. Stepping on you. You're falling. And the Bible said you'll never rebound from this. But the Bible says that a just man, he falleth. But all of a sudden he gets back up. I'm preaching that somebody you're getting up morning is right now. Tonight's your night of deliverance. Tonight's your night that you've got to get up again. Tonight's your night that you got to live again. Tonight's your night that you've got to worship again. Tonight's your night that you can be healed again. Because the same God way back then, he's the same God right now. And what he did yesterday, he can do the same right now. But it's difficult preacher because I'm I'm being provoked. I can't survive because I'm being provoked. You don't know how many mistakes I've made. I've been provoked. I can't even lift my hands because I've been provoked. I can't lift my hands because I've got chains of bondage on me. I'm being provoked and there's no hope tonight for me. I want to worship again. I want to praise again. But I'm backed in a corner. I'm down preacher to my wet sins. I don't have two nickels to rub together. And I've got some dirt under my fingernails. I'm down to my wet sin. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? He's pushed you into a corner. And you can come to the house of God and you've got a Pentecostal smile and you've got a Pentecostal shout, but you're still being provoked. Every time you try to shout, the average say you're a fool. You're looking crazy. You're in sin. You're in bondage. And all you see and all you hear is what the enemy is telling you. Just give up. But the fact that you're here Come on, somebody. You woke up this morning with intentions on being here and all hell broke loose. You didn't have no gas in the car. You kicked the dog and kicked the cat. It seemed like you couldn't get a break. It's because the adversary was provoking you to just don't go. Stay home, excuse after excuse. You got to work. You got to do overtime. Anything he can do to keep you from the presence of the Lord. But the worst mistake that he ever made was not to let you get in your car, was not, let, not to let you put ga- God's gas in God's car, was not to let you drive that interstate. It was not, he tried you when you was in the parking lot. But the worst mistake he ever made was allow you to walk through those double doors. Because the Bible says that in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. The worst, he should have killed you outside the church. He should have messaged you down the road. But the fact that you rose up and said, this is not how my story is going to end. I'm getting to the house of God. I'm taking my problems there. I'm taking my pain there because there's a God there who's going to meet my need. There's a God there who's going to turn my 
got into the house of God, he said, don't do nothing. Just sit there because you're still in bondage. You know what I'm afraid is that we'll listen to what he said because your actions speak louder than your words. I told you from the onset of this message that you've got to get to a point where you serve notice to the adversary. We know God can heal you. We know God's a deliverer. But you need to serve notice to the adversary. I'm not going back to bondage. I'm not going back to brick and mortar. I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm not going back to depression. Because the moment I stand up, everything that's got me bound has got to let me go. There's no more shackles, no more pain, no more bondage. For he whom the Son has set free, he, I'm preaching to somebody tonight that needs to get revelation that he's a great God, he's a great king, and he's coming to my rescue. But I'm being provoked, preacher. What's the key to my deliverance? How can I turn the situation around on the adversary? The first step is you got to admit within yourself, preacher, I'm in a spiritual war. You got to admit in yourself, I'm in barrenness. I'm hurt. I'm broken over the inside. You got to admit it for yourself. Because that's the first step in getting delivered is to admit, God, I need help. Anybody feel that way tonight? God, I just need help. Well, I guess we all perfect Pentecostals. We don't fight devils. We don't fight principalities. Amen. You might as well be preaching to me what it takes to be so spiritual. But I'm preaching right now that there's a real devil and he's on the loose. He don't care how much money you got. He don't care how many times you speak in tongues. He don't care how many times you run around the church. But if you're going to serve notice to the devil, you got to make him realize, devil, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. I'm not turning back. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm a have to do this all by myself but I'm not going back to Egypt I'm not going back to slavery I'm not going back to bondage I'm going to where God is you're pushing me into my destiny what the devil realized some of you folks tonight he's just not pushing you if you'll open up your spiritual eyes, you'll see what he's doing is he's pushing some of you into your destiny. He's pushing some of you into your miracle. So while he's pushing you, you look back and say, devil, keep pushing because he'll understand why you want him to keep pushing because he don't see, amen, the miracle that's in front of you. He don't see the revival, Brother Allen, that's in front of you. So devil, keep pushing. Keep on pushing me because you're provoking me into my revival. You're provoking me into my God-given destiny. I didn't come to sit down. I didn't come to be quiet. She was provoked to the point of barrenness. Tears running down her face. Hannah was no doubt heartbroken. But the Bible says she still made a way to the house of God. She still made a way to the house of God. Hear me, somebody who may be heartbroken, you just keep coming. 
Life may have disappointed you. You just keep coming. Friends may walk away from you. Loved ones will turn their back on you. You just keep coming because you'll find safety in the church. You'll find hope in the church. You'll find love in the church. You'll get power in the church. You can be redeemed in the church. You can be forgiven in the church. You'll find redemption in the church. As long as the church is here, just keep coming and keep praying. And when you get here, we got to do something more than be just spiritual figurines that occupy pew. We got to be more than just figurines that occupy pew. The Bible says that we are lively stones. There's something unique about the body of Christ. There's something different about us. We've been called out and brought in by his marvelous light. Amen. We've been filled with the Holy Ghost. He's given us power. I believe it's time for the possessors of power. Amen. To let the adversary know you pushed us too far. Now we're not going to be on the defensive end. We're going to turn around and we're going to push back because God is pushing back the darkness. God is it's pushing back the sin. God, it's pushing back the sin. God, it's pushing back. And if God's on our side, who can be against us? If God's on our side, we're going to be victorious. Thank God for the church. So when the adversary provokes you, best thing that you can do is to praise God. Like you've lost your because the adversary don't understand that. All he understands is defeat, discouragement, amen, weariness, anxiety, depression. That's all he understands. He doesn't understand victory. And some people in this house, when he provokes you, when you start praising God, it confuses the adversary because he can't figure out how in the world they want to clap their hands when their life is a wreck. How in the world they will lift their voice when the marriage is on the rock. What he don't understand is God may not come when I want him to, but he's right on time. He don't understand that he's an ever-present help and that he don't understand so if I've been provoked preacher the antidote for being provoked is you've got to turn around and push back he provokes your mind that you'll never be saved that you'll never see victory Revival will never come to your home. Your marriage is always going to be a wreck. And we will sit there and we will digest everything that the enemy throws our way. There'll never be revival in Madisonville. There'll never be revival in Central City. There'll never be revival in Bremen. Listen to what he's saying. You'll never see blinded eyes open. We'll never see deaf ears unstop. Listen to what he's saying. He's provoking you to stop praying because we don't see it. Stop praying. There'll never be unity, Brother Nathan. So stop praying. But what the devil don't know is there's a group of people who woke up on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, got on their hands and knees, and start to pray because if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray he don't realize how can we pray at a midnight hour because at midnight 
It'll never happen, he says. Your family will never be saved. He pushes and he pushes in hopes of you giving up. As bad as I hate to say it, we're living in a day and age where there is a great fall in the way. Some people that you know who sit on these apostolic pews, who've heard messages across this platform, not longer in the church, but they somehow have been sifted as wheat, and they're out the church. They listened to the wrong voices. And he provoked them. He pushed them. He chastised them. And now they're no longer occupying the pew. They find themselves in bar stools. They find themselves being doped up by drugs. They find themselves so wrapped up in sin. Because when sin has conceived itself, it brings forth death. No longer peace. No longer joy. They fail to realize that the more he keeps pulling, He'll keep pulling until he has you right where he wants you. He'll let you endure the pleasures of sin for a season. Because when sin has conceived itself, when the bright lights are turned off and the bars are closed and he's done with them, it brings forth death. Oh, they used to worship. They used to pray. They used to shout. But somehow along the spiritual journey called life, they allowed the adversary to sift them as wheat. It could very well be the one sitting beside you tonight who the adversary is sifting as we speak. It could be the leader of a youth group. It could be a pastor. As a matter of fact, it could be an evangelist. Amen. The devil is no respecter person. You'll never sit down at the table with the devil and bargain with your soul and come out on the winning side. Hear me tonight, somebody. I'm reaching for you right now. You got to make up in your mind tonight. I'm not going to sell out to the world. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to sell out to holiness. I'm going to sell out to one God. I'm going to sell out to this truth. I don't care what I have to say or what I have to give up or what I have to let go. If God is on our side. Can I tell you, you're never too far gone. Well, God can't reach you in that pit and bring you out. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost is talking to somebody. And the devil says, sit in your pew. I wish I had an apostolic who will help me pray right now. Because hell is fighting us right now. But I've got news. Greater is he that's in this house than he that's in the world. God has an army that will stand up in the face of fear because we are people who know how to pray. I wish you lift your hands and start to pray. Somebody's fighting hell. Somebody's being sifted right now. Come on, lift your hands right now in this house. He that's to lift your voice. Oh, come on. They may not understand it, but the devil's speaking into your ear right now. But there are people in this house who know how to get a hold of God. We know how to pray until the going falls down. We know how to pray until conviction fills the house. Pray, somebody pray.
pray. Come on, somebody in the back pray. Somebody in the back pray. Somebody in the middle out pray. Somebody call on Jesus. God, we need you right now. Come on, pray. Come on, somebody dig deep and pray. Come on, I've told you the one sitting beside you has been sifted as wheat. But you got to pray. Because there are some times, friend, where you can't be greedy and think this is all about you. There was a woman who went to Jesus and she didn't go to Jesus for herself. But she said, Jesus, my daughter is screaming and vexed for a devil. And God, if you can't have mercy for me, God have mercy on my child. Come on, somebody pray. Somebody get a hold of God right now. Come on, get a hold of God. You've got to pray like somebody's life is on the line. Come on, we're giving it, we're issuing an amber alert. Somebody's life is on the line. Somebody's soul is at stake. You've got to pray like this is their last opportunity. This is their last service. We've got to pray until the heavens fall. We've got to pray. come on mom pray come on mom we're not giving up on those kids mom we're going to pray because mercy is going to show up the judgment of God is going to withheld itself because what we pray come on that's it pray I don't care if you have to leave your pew. I don't care if you have to go find you somebody to pray with. We're fighting hell right now. Come on, we don't have time to play pretty Pentecostal church. We don't have time, amen, to go through the program. Amen, this calls for war. This calls for battle. This calls for praying. This calls for intercessory prayer. Get a hose of the altar and pray, God. Let revelation fall. Let Holy Ghost fall. Let a Come on, that's it. You pray. That's it. You pray. Oh, there's somebody beside you fighting hell. They may have a pretty suit on and a Pentecostal smile, but on the inside, they're being sipped in his wheat. The adversaries push them in the corner, and they're on the verge of committing spiritual suicide. We can't stop praying. We can't stop reaching. We still got to reach. We still got to preach. We still got to get them, pull them out the fire. Come on, mama, throw those hands in the air. Come on, daddy, throw those hands in the air. Let those tears flow. Come on, you're being provoked. But we're not going to quit praying. We're not going to quit fasting. We still believe. Come on, somebody. He's provoking you to pray. He's provoking you to fast. He...
on, sir. Come on, ma'am. We're talking about you tonight. If you be honest with yourself, you're being provoked. It seems like you can't get a break. It's because you're being provoked. But the good news is you're in the house of God. You're in the house of hope. You're in the place of mercy. And mercy is trying to reach you right now. The hand of God is trying to pull you out. The hand of God is trying to draw you. You're not going home the same way you came. You're going to get delivered tonight. You're going to get healed tonight. Come on, let's all stand. Come on, you in the back, help us stand with you tonight. Come on, ask you lift your voice. Lift your voice. Let the provoking come. Let the pushing go. Let him keep pushing you. He's pushing you closer to God. He's pushing you closer to an altar. He's pushing you closer to redemption. He's pushing you closer to freedom. Keep on pushing. Push me to my knees. Push me to a place of prayer. Push me to an altar. Push me, push me. But no matter how long you push, I'm still going to trust him. I'm still going to believe God. I'm going to trust him. So he pushes. He pushes. And attempts to get you to give up. I'm going to push them on Monday. I'm going to try them on Tuesday. Push them. It seemed like you can't even feel God. Would you close your eyes right where you're standing right now in this house? There's a push, but there also there's a pull tonight. the more he pushes you. God said, keep them coming. I know there's pain. I know there's frustration. I know there's doubt. I know there's confusion. I know you think the storm will never stop. I know these things, there's no 
every attempt in the world to get you to not be here. But you hear me, child of God. You hear me, guest of ours. You hear me, friend. God knew you'd be here. God knows exactly what you're going through. He has the answer to your problem right here. So while the devil's pushing you, pushing you, he's pushing you and he's trying you to not pray. Give up. Turn your back on the church. Amen. Prosecute them. Lie on them. Back, do it. Backslide. Don't pray. Don't worship. He's pushing. But the more he's pushing you not to pray, God has said, keep coming. Because I've got a table. I've got a table that's spread with joy and peace. I got a table, Brother Allen, full of salvation. I've got this table prepared for you. And I know the adversary's on your back, but you just keep coming. Because when you take your seat at the king's table, that same adversary that pushed you to that table now has to sit back and watch you enjoy some peace and enjoy some joy and get some hope back and, and get some revelation back. That same devil that provoked you has to take time to sit down and watch you enjoy the blessings of God. Can I preach to somebody right now? Don't you stop coming. Don't you quit now. Don't you stop believing. God still loves you. He has you in the palm of his hands. You're one prayer away from a miracle. You're one step closer to your healing. You're one step closer to your breakthrough. So while he's pushing, just keep coming. And while he just keep coming. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open this altar. Here's what's going to happen. There's people in the sound of my voice that you're being provoked as I speak. Don't go sit there, be still. But you hear this preacher. God's trying to pull you to a place of safety. He's trying to pull you closer to him. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave that pew. I want you to come around. I don't want you to kneel. Because we're serving, we're serving notice to the adversary. I want you to leave that pew with your hands raised in the air. Because you're, when you leave that pew, you're not going back to disappointment. You're not going back to life as it was an hour ago. The closer you get to God, you're going to get your miracle. The closer you get to this altar, you're going to see your breakthrough. But let him push you. Let him push you. Let him provoke you. But you just keep coming. And you keep walking. And you keep believing. And you keep trusting him. Because God's going to make a way. God's going to see us through. So just keep coming. And just quit believing and just know come on 
thank God for my brother right here. Is there anybody else who will be bold enough to say, devil, keep on pushing me. Thank God for these sisters right here. Come on, I'm looking for some people. It's been a while since you stepped out, ma'am. It's been a while since you moved, sir. I know you've been provoked, but tonight, step out of that pew. Don't be concerned about what nobody says. Step out of that pew. Get around the aisle. Throw your hands in the air. God's going to make a way.